Hello and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, and this week I'm bringing to you a little placeholder episode as I'm taking some time off to celebrate the completion of my doctorate. Uh, so in lieu of a normal episode this week, I will be doing a See You in Hell special episode covering actually somebody who features pretty prominently in my dissertation. What I'll be doing is reading a presentation that I've given about this person, uh, which appeared in the Journal of the History of Ideas. All right, here it goes. This is about Alberto Ignacio Escurra Uriburu, the leader of Argentina's first modern terrorist organization. He was a frail, dark-haired, long-faced seminary dropout, rarely seen without his thick black glasses. Right-wing power and ideology ran in his family. His father was Alberto Escurra Medrano, an important jurist uh, and a conservative, who in the 1930s in Argentina was a close personal friend with the fascist ambassador to Argentina. His maternal grandfather was the dictator General Uriburu, whose early 20th century coup attempted to remake the nation of Argentina into a Catholic fascist state. Through his mother, Escurra was a descendant of Argentina's most important and influential caudillo, which is a sort of dictator in the 19th century, Juan Manuel de Rosas, uh, who required everyone in Buenos Aires to wear badges with his faction's red banner and to display his portraits in church beside the pulpit. Escurra, this is the, the, the youthful fascist who is the subject of this, uh, was a well-off man, and he had access to the highest echelons of Argentine politics and power. However, by his 20s, he found himself a failure. He'd been forced to drop out of Jesuit seminary for his, quote, introverted and confrontational personality. That's a quote from his dismissal from seminary. Uh, and he turned to unfulfilling minor white-collar work in his home of Buenos Aires. There, he drifted to the youth division of Argentina's main right-wing political organization, the Alianza de Libertadora Nacionalista, the uh, Alliance of uh, Liberating Nationalists. He didn't stay there long, though. One night in 1957, when he was in his 20s, he and some other, you know, dissolute, upset, elite friends were drinking at a hip popular bar called La Perla de Once, which is still a bar. Um, and they were dissatisfied with the lukewarm fervor of the Alianza, and they decided to make a new organization, and they called it Taquara. Taquara takes its name from a spear which is formed from a knife that is tied to the end of a sugar cane. It was a makeshift weapon that Argentine peasants used to fight the English uh, when they invaded Argentina in 1806. Now, Taquara, this youth right-wing organization, would soon become Argentina's first major guerrilla and militant organization since the Second World War. Their symbol was the Maltese cross, uh, which was the symbol of the crusading Knights Hospitaller. At its height in 1962-1963, uh, Taquara had a membership in the thousands, spread across Argentina from Córdoba to Rosario to La Plata and um, most of the major countries' universities and secondary schools. With these men, because the members were, you know, youthful fascist men, Taquara waged a campaign of violence and propaganda across Argentina. For example, in 1960, Adolf Eichmann, uh, a Nazi officer who had hidden Argentina after the Second World War, was abducted from his suburban Buenos Aires home by Mossad and taken to Israel. He was tried for war crimes and executed. In response, Taquaristas, so members of Taquara, uh, painted the streets of Buenos Aires with propaganda, black swastikas and brutal slogans such as Viva Eichmann or In the future, there won't be enough furnaces for the Jews. Taquaristas constantly attacked their perennial enemies and the enemies of the wider Latin American right wing, so the English, the Soviet Union, the memory of the French Revolution. 
Um, graffiti even targeted uh, more like 18th and 19th century enemies of the right wing, such as the Masonic League. They threw bricks through the windows of politicians, business people, and government officials. The office of the senior British consul to Argentina, Mr. Polston, uh, was tar-bombed and littered with flyers decrying the occupation of the Malvinas by the United Kingdom, something that would uh, later appear in Argentine history again. Though Escurra himself isn't known to have participated in any of these acts, he endorsed and defended them in a newspaper, uh, in newspaper interviews and public addresses, calling on more Argentine patriots to fight the nation's long list of enemies. Uh, as the leader of Tacuara, Escurra didn't really get his hands dirty, but he was a propagandist and a planner. Uh, he and the Tacuaristas didn't just use slogans and stones to make their messages heard. In a 1960 attack, a group of Tacuaristas invaded the student center of the Engineering College of La Plata, the capital of Buenos Aires province, shouting slogans, breaking windows, and firing guns at the rival student organizations. Tacuaristas assaulted a peaceful demonstration by the Social Democratic Party in Miramar, which is a city in Buenos Aires province, uh, plowing a ford into the crowd uh, and shouting Viva Perón, Viva Franco, as in Francisco Franco, the dictator of Spain, and Viva Nacionalismo. They shot at the students who were fleeing their car. Uh, one student they rammed against a tree. On another occasion, a dozen Tacuaristas picked a fight with 100 Jewish Boy Scouts on the beach. The resulting brawl had to be dispersed by the police. Dozens were injured. Now, this kind of street violence wasn't just uh, for fun, for Taquara, it, it had a purpose. They were ideologues, uh, giving media interviews, penning pamphlets and statements, reaching out to potential allies and enemies, negotiating with the government to protect their members of their organization. Their violence serves an ideological, nationalizing, invigorating purpose. Uh, it was to defend the nation from its enemies, uh, to build a new, battle-hardened Catholic man. It was to cement the preeminence of Argentina's Catholic and Spanish identity before the modernizing Western alternative. Behind each of their targets justifying each tactical move were centuries of counter-revolutionary, conservative, Catholic, and fascist thinking. Uh, Tacuara's newsletter, which Escurra edited and wrote for, went so far as to issue a reading list full of difficult texts in multiple languages, from uh, Jacques Maritain to Thomas Aquinas uh, in the original Latin, to a treatise on the history of Protestantism in Spain from the 16th century onward. Um, Tacuaristas weren't uneducated men of the street, but like Escura, disaffected members of high society, the falling stars of fading families. Their thuggishness was balanced with their embrace of conservative cultural theory and scholastic theology. Now, eventually, Escura's band of young men disintegrated into several splinter groups, uh, much as Tacuara itself has originally separated from its parent organization. Some held true to the organization's original radical right-wing perspectives, but others became sort of like right-wing Trotskyists. Uh, one of their leaders is even said to have traveled to Vietnam to fight the U.S. imperialists. This, this guy is named Jose Baxter. Uh, these betrayals were hard on Escurra, who continued to lead the main branch of Tacuara until the late 1960s, after which he returned to seminary, uh, this time in Paraná instead of Buenos Aires. Uh, Paraná is the capital of Entre Rios province. Uh, so Escurra left behind the heart of Argentine civilization and power forever. After he was ordained as a secular priest, he fulfilled various offices in the church until finally landing in San Rafael, a small city in the dry and distant province of Mendoza, where he was both a parish priest and attached to the local Seminario Mayor, uh, educating future generations of clergy. There, he led his life relatively disconnected from the political world that he had spent his youth influencing, performing the rites of his office, developing syllabi, giving lectures at the seminary to seated young studious men. By contrast, at this point in the 1970s, the lives of most Argentines had become vastly more dangerous and deadly 
due to, in no small part, the destabilizing influence of Tequara, the fascist terrorist organization that Escurra himself had previously led. After oscillating between civilian and military governments from the mid-50s to the mid-70s, in 1976, Argentina's Peronist government was overthrown by a military coup that ushered in a period known as the Dirty War. This military government is known by a very terrifying name. It's called the Proceso. The Process of National Reorganization is the full title of their official name. In the Dirty War, under the Proceso, tens of thousands of Argentines who were suspected or accused of involvement in leftist politics or union organizing or being queer or any number of, quote, subversive activities were killed by the country's far-right government and its paramilitary allies. Escurra was an open supporter of the military government, which he saw as the culmination of a struggle against the Marxist secular left. The church, that is the Catholic church, had a complex relationship to the military government, with some priests ardently in favor of the national political cleansing and others in relatively silent opposition. For example, the man who would eventually become Pope Francis, who at the time was the provincial superior for the Jesuits in Argentina, the very uh, branch of the Catholic Church which Escurra had originally tried to join. Escurra himself died peacefully in San Rafael in the early 1990s, specifically this day in history in 1993. Uh, this prompted a small flowering of eulogies and statements of grief and loss from other right-wing organizations and the people who were in them that still looked to Tequara for inspiration. Argentine nationalists have dedicated books, lecture series, YouTube tributes, short films, and even a webcomic to the legacy of Tequara, and particularly to its leader, Escurra, uh, loyal to his nationalist right-wing Catholic politics to the very end. Escurra was a consummate reactionary who believed that only the better sort of people should rule, and that he and his fellow downtrodden elites should form the center of a political order that hearkened back to the Middle Ages, before the Protestant Reformation, before the rise of capitalists and businessmen, before the rule of the masses, where the bearers of natural and divine authority ruled as kings and clergy. In another sense, though, Escurra's story is as modern as they come. A young man, down on his luck, banded together with his friends to try to change the world according to their vision of the future. This tension between his claim to believe only in tradition and the old natural way of things and his modern methods and tactics runs through every other far-right organization, from Action Francois to the Nazi Party to the alt-right of today. Uh, this unstable marriage of the reactionary and the revolutionary is what makes far-right and fascist politics so volatile. It captures the minds and bodies of young men, like Escurra, and demands that they build a new world in the image of the past with the weapons of the present. And with that terrifying reminder of the danger that the right wing poses, uh, I am happy to say Alberto Ignacio Escorra Uriburu, having died this day in history, the 26th of May, 1993, we will see you in hell. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson. Thank you, Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Please share it with friends, family, and comrades. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's all spelled out in all one word. That's also my email, 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. You can reach me on Twitter at hist of the right, H-I-S-T of the right, and also fascism15. That's uh, again spelled out in all one word. All right. 
Uh, like I said, this week is just a short placeholder episode because I'm celebrating my uh, degree. Next week, I will be back with a regular episode and also continuing the mini series that I've been running on the decades of fascist history since its foundation in the 1920s. All right, I'll talk to you next week.